Hey, this is El Jefe from the Cinematic Anarchy Podcast, and what you're about to hear is a recording that I did in October with Piper, who is our newest co-host. The recording is a discussion for the 1973 film The Exorcist. Unfortunately, due to a few minor hiccups, this will be coming out at the beginning of November instead of the end of October. Now, as usual, I'm going to provide the warning that there are spoilers ahead. If you haven't actually seen The Exorcist, then first please climb out from under your rock and go to your local video store. Wait a minute. Are there any video stores anymore? Fuck. Run to your living room and put on whatever streaming service happens to have access to this film and then come back to us and sit down and listen to what we have to say. That being said, vulgarity, spoilers, and things to offend. Oh my! Have fun listening. Welcome to October. Welcome to Spooky Season and welcome to Cinematic Anarchy. And yes, we've been away a little while, unfortunately. You know, life has a tendency to shit the fan and uh, it happened to have shit the fan for literally everybody involved in this podcast all at the same fucking time. So, that being said, we're going to bring it back for just a short while while we're trying to restructure things and get things back up on its feet. And today we're going to do that with a movie called The Exorcist. I'm announcing that like nobody knows what this fucking movie is. Have you ever heard of that movie? The Exorcist? No. Never? Never. No. No, it's just it's obscure. It's an odd one. I thought, you know, I've I'm, I've had this on my shelf forever. It's one of those movies that nobody ever asks about, nobody ever talks about. I wonder if we can generate some conversation about Okay, I'm done. Uh <laughs> With me today, uh, I'm a jackass. We're a minute in, and I didn't even now announce you, Miss Piper. Miss Piper. Hi. Who, luckily, has offered to be sort of a mainstay on the podcast and work with us a little bit to keep this thing going. Yes. I'm putting you on the spot. You did agree, right? I totally agreed. Okay. Totes. Okay. I don't want to just assume, because you know. No, well, I want to do this. Okay. All right, good. Because you know that, that whole thing where... Um, other people, it's like, you know, I have a background in acting. I, I am an actress, so it's like I have a different perspective than some of the other people on the podcast. True. True. That's, I mean, that's a given. You're you're an actress. Uh, by the way, at some point, very, very soon, we're going to have to talk about your short film, The Proposal. Yes. 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 Not today, but we are going Not to do that. Now, let's talk about the movie that traumatized me at 13 that nobody's heard about. Yes, let's talk about this classic horror film considered one of the more disturbing and psychologically terrifying horror films out there. However, somehow, the beginning of the movie managed to put me to sleep. So I'm I, I'm relying on Piper to kind of push me through for once because I'm not the guy that falls asleep watching the fucking movie. Well, I mean... In fairness, the beginning of the movie does not have the same, you know, gravitas as the rest of it does to pull you in. It's not even that. You know, honestly, I can watch some painfully slow, boring movies. And I have. I've watched painfully slow, boring movies in the past and stayed awake. This is not I mean, painfully I slow. Fact. It's definitely not boring. It's but not. The problem is I started a new job, which I'm no longer sitting behind a desk. I am doing something physical. So I am working a lot, trying to bring in a little bit more money, 
better my situation in life. And the trade-off is I am exhausted on a continual basis. Just want to come home and pass out. And that's usually what I do. So I, I showered. Mean, that happens with a physical job. Right, right. I mean, it happens with a physical job when you have rarely, if ever, done physical jobs in the past. Well, I mean, not only that, you come home and you also have a family, you know, requires attention. So, I mean, it's one of those things. Unlike me, I don't get as tired from my physical job, but that's because I don't have a family to come home, give attention, take care of, or anything like that. It's like, it's just me to take care of right now. My problem is that I, I spent so much time sitting behind desks and doing sedentary positions. I am a 300-pound heffalump. I am a big boy. Okay? And oh I'm losing God, some weight. Heffalump. I'm a heffalump. <laughs> you remember Heff, do you remember that movie, the heffalump movie? I'm over here just thinking about something in woozles. That's, yes. Yes. From, 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 uh, from Winnie like, the Pooh. It's Winnie the Pooh when he goes on an acid trip. You know? Yeah, but I hate Winnie the Pooh. I've always, I always have. I've but always. But I'm here to discuss my my hate of Winnie the Pooh. I can't say that I hate Winnie the Pooh, because I, I always have. I never, I never liked it, and I play Kingdom Hearts a lot, and this in every single game, and I'm just like, why? 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 I I hate it so much. I hate that you have to do those levels for like certain things. And I'm just like, why? Do you hate him? I hate him. Hate him passionately. I hate him with a passion. Then he's done his job. See, you have a visceral <laughs> reaction to him, whether it's love or hate. If well, you... I mean, that's what that's what good television or movies do. They make you feel something, whether it's hate, love, or anything else in between. They are meant to make you feel something. If it made you feel something, it's done its job. If you were indifferent about the poo, then that might be a problem. But I think... No, I... I just hate the poo. I, I think that you, you're not in a position to have love for Winnie the Pooh. I think you have to have some sort of child in your... Children, in general. Kind of well, make it... That. I think you have to have had love something as a child or have children to grow love with to actually have a love for something. And I didn't have a love for him as a child and I don't have any crotch goblins to speak of. So Right, right. Yeah. I, I've had a few stuffed animals in the past. I had one stuffed animal that I can remember in general. Do you have any stuffed animals you remember from your childhood? I mean, um, I have a Simba that's somewhere in storage. And I have a teddy bear that's in my bed right now that I've had for 36 years of my life. I had... As I, you know, I turned 36 on the 30th, so... I had... I was born. A... And she's gone through a lot. I had a musical stuffed lamb that played Frere Jacques. Oh, damn. I was going to ask that it play, you know, this is a song that doesn't end. Oh, no, no. Not the Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop lamb. No, this is just like a <laughs> regular little lamb. And you, you had the little metal twist tie in the music box in the stomach. And it played Frere Jacques. And the only reason I remember this animal is because as a child, my mother would continuously sing Frere Jacques to me. So. Well, um, you know, originally I did not have this stuff there. It was actually my sister's. It was given to her on the day I was born so that she wouldn't feel left out or forgotten. Um, but she kept, it used to have a voice box in its butt. Like, the butt used to be Velcro. Right. And uh, you could open it up and the voice box was in there. It used to play stuff. Apparently until my dad got mad and ripped it out because she kept replaying it over and over. And so after that, it was given to me. 
And over the years, it's like she's lost her nose and her butt's been sewn up. So she's got a button for her nose now that uh, my grandmother, may she rest in peace, put on there. And her butt is sewn up so I can no longer hide stuff in there. Yeah. My teddy bear had a prison purse before I knew what a prison purse was. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> The only reason I remember any stuffed animals from growing up is just because... And and you can you can basically turn up your nose at me for saying what I'm about to say if you'd like. But mild form of cat torture. My cat used to love to hop in big old laundry baskets, right? So mm-hmm. we'd have this big white plastic laundry basket that my mother used to pile laundry in. And occasionally in the morning, my cat would hop into it and just lay in the bottom of the basket. So in the morning, I'd start dropping stuffed animals into the basket to see how many I could drop into the basket before the cat tunneled its way out of the stuffed animals. 90% of the time, I could almost fill that thing to the absolute rim before the cat was like, all right, I got to get out of here. I'm done. My nose is so turned up, I could drown in a rainstorm. (sighs) I'm so snooty. It's just mild animal torture. (laughs) I mean, it's not serial killer level (laughs) animal torture, but I was still burying the cat in stuffed animals. It wasn't a nice thing to do. You know, no, I'm not, it wasn't. You're so rude. I'm not outside grabbing the cat by the tail, swinging it around over my head, playing fire engine. You know, don't forget, I have been drinking, so all that shit is going to make me laugh, even <laughs> though I think it's horrible. It's pr- it's it's dumb. I wa- I said I didn't do it. I said I. Didn't uh, I know do you it. said you didn't do it, but just the sound effects and the imagination in my mind <laughs> while drinking, like it's just making me like. I remember a comedian talking about that. I can't remember the name of the comedian, but he also said, you can't do that with a dog. You grab the dog by the tail and it just... just, You can't get the same effect as you get with the cat. And it's like, did you do experiments, man? Or do you just know? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're we're way off subject here. Exorcist. The Exorcist. But it gives us good banter. I mean, people get to know us. Right, but people were talking... We're supposed to be talking about the... Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's good for people to get to know us, but we're still supposed to be talking within the context of The Exorcist, not Winnie the fucking Pooh. If you want to do I mean, horror Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, we can... Winnie the fucking Pooh. I mean, there, there's blood and honey. We can do that at some point. The Winnie Ooh. the Pooh horror film. I mean, I heard it sucks, but I still want to watch it. I like movies that suck. Horrible movies. I mean, the reason they said it sucked didn't make me think it would suck. So I still want to watch it. Okay, why did they say it sucked? They said it sucked because it went from one thing to just mindly, uh, mindless killing. But then I'm sitting here thinking, why Why would y'all say that? Because it's like, from what they said, how it started from the killing to where it went, I'm just like, but I mean, that all sounds like a psychology type of thing. And that's the kind of things I like. That's the kind of things that bring me in. A psychological mind fuck that bring me in to a story. It's like... When people lose their shit and they start doing shit and then you're like, well, it just becomes mindless. It's like, no, it's still rooted in a psychological thing. You just right. got to be able to tie the connection. So that that's what's making me still want to watch it. I mean, Winnie the Pooh is essentially a stuffed animal anyway, so does it have a mind? Well, I mean, the story is, is that uh, they went crazy after Christopher Robin left. Uh, Christopher Lo- Robin left them behind and is like, you can't leave us. Yes, and so they went on a killing spree, we which means you. You it's not it's not necessarily a mindless killing thing. It's uh, they are doing this because they have lost their mind because they've lost their one constant. Right, and uh, this a bit. I mean, really, I from what I understand, you only see Winnie the Pooh and Piglet throughout the movie, and Eeyore's dead. I mean, 
let's face it, that fucker keeps losing his tail anyway. He's going to bleed out. Right. Stuffing the <laughs> right. I wonder why they didn't bring Tigger into the movie. Maybe this is going to be a sequel and, you know, everybody's going to get bounced on maybe, and not in the fun pornographic way. And maybe you just can't get away with saying Tigger in polite company. Or maybe you can't just get away with uh, killing people and say TTFN, ta-ta for now. TTFN, ta-ta for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. Here we are. The Exorcist. Here we are, The Exorcist. Yes. Uh, I and Mind you, I have it playing in the background, so we've just gotten to the point where I remember waking up when they're bleeding <laughs> Reagan's neck. Oh, yeah, with the iodine, iodine uh, you know, solution and everything. Yeah, that woke me up real quick. Like, I, I woke up, eyes fluttered open, and that's happened, and I'm like, why is there blood spraying out of her neck? So that's where I started paying attention again. I was, like, half out of it. So, yeah. Came home, took a shower, passed out watching this movie shortly after the Max von Sydow tries to do Indiana Jones impression. What if Indiana Jones were a priest and went to Iraq for an expedition? You know, when we start the movie, the first thing we see is basically Reagan and Chris McNeil walking down, I think a reflection, walking down a sidewalk with a statue of the Mother Mother Mary, uh, you know, right there for the symbology of, like, Two people walking, you know, it's going to have something tied to Christianity somewhere. I think this might be similar to what you watched, because she just did the uh, crab walk down the stairs. It, was there blood out of her mouth? Yes. Yeah, that's similar to what I watched. So I think I think the director's cut and the version you've never seen are similar. similar. Yeah, well, I mean, in the original uh, release of that, she did the spider crab turned over on the stairs and started sticking her tongue out and trying to lick uh, Sharon's legs. Ah, no, that's not this one. Right. So, okay. But, I mean, but it's one of those things, like, you know, I was watching the beginning of it, and he's over in Iraq, and originally I was like, where, is, where the fuck is he? <laughs> I so, didn't know where. It's like, I know I saw people with, you know, um, traditional, like, Muslim attire and such, which... It's another thing that kind of brought me in as an adult. Let's not forget, when you asked me to do this, it was like your favorite uh, Halloween movie, which my favorite favorite Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus. Ah. It's a a childish movie. So it's like, I wanted to do something a little deeper than that and do something that traumatized me when my dad took me to watch it when it re-released when I was 13 with the version you've never seen. That's when that version came out. All right, so I'm going to tell you what. I like Hocus Pocus, so I think we need to do an episode, both Hocus Pocus movies, one and two. I am totally there for that. But only if you agree to do my favorite horror movie. What is your favorite horror movie? I might have to mail you a copy of this because it's not available for streaming fucking anywhere. It is a movie starring Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, You'd know her as the the little woman from uh, Poltergeist with the the voice. (laughs) The past has been cleansed because she was also in Teen Witch. Yes, yes. It he is, was amazing. He was an amazing actress. Also stars uh, Michael Lerner, and it is called Anguish, which is a weird kind of movie in a movie. Well, when I have a plane, feel free to move, uh, mail it to me, and I will watch it if I can't find it anywhere to purchase. Right. I mean, and if not, if I can find it somewhere to stream, I will send you the link. Please do. One of the two. All right. One of the things, I'll even look it up on my Xbox, because I have a lot of movies, and I can just rent it or purchase it there. So I'm going to ask you two questions really quick, all right? Okay. One is a question just to humor me, and the other one is because you brought this up in the past, and you brought this up just a few minutes ago, too. So, 
The first question is, after watching this currently, did you learn anything from The Exorcist? Yes and no. Okay. Continue. I mean, we're not, not we're not looking no. for dead air here. He said yes and no. Explain your yes and no. I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, I practice witchcraft, which yes. is a lot different than Christianity for some things. Um, so, you know, holy water is made differently. It's not blessed every Tuesday, like for Catholics. Right. Um, but it's like what they go through and what uh, a Wiccan or a witch would go through is a, a witch and a Wiccan has a lot more drawn out ritual than what uh, Christians have. Although, um, similarly, it does draw a lot of energy. So I can see why the priests were very, very weak. Right. Very um, tired. Yes. It's like only because it draws a lot of energy to deal with a very powerful being. Okay. So I have learned that when your significant other is really, really angry with you and you're in the middle of an argument, flicking water in their face and yelling the power of Christ compels you is not a good way to try to end the argument. (laughs) You know, that's also not the, you know, when you get angry with your cat and you do that, that's also not a good way to do that. No, no, not at all. There's not a lot of things that you can flick water out and yell the power of Christ compels you and have the argument and be- on a decent term. Not at all. The power of Maybe Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Please stop hitting me with that. Ah! Anyway. May the power of Christ compel you, bitch. <laughs> Just don't say that to your wife. No. She's not a bitch. I love your wife. No, no. That That is the one... You can call her almost anything. You can use any curse word in reference to her in an argument and that is the only one that'll get your ass kicked out of this house permanently bitch i love you i love your wife ever since i met her bitch and crazy bitch she you you, you, don't do it just don't i have a friend of mine to this day is not allowed on this side of the threshold of the front door and it's been 20 years (laughs) oh fuck it's fine he can stay on that side because he called her a bitch one day no apologies no nothing it's, I mean, I don't think it would have helped if he apologized, but he called her a bitch and was, whoop, we're done. Speaking of 20 years, it's what been 23 this? years since I watched this movie originally. Wow, so you watched this movie originally two years after I got married. 23 years ago? Uh, almost 25, coming up in uh, July. June, Congratulations. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been, oh, Jesus. Wow, saying that, I feel fucking old. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, never mind, I'm not going to say that. No matter how much I call it that age. No, you're going to have to say but, it now. Yeah. you got to say it now. Um, you kind of are older I, than me. I mean, I'm older. Yes. I'm Older? I'm, I'm not going to say you're old, because I don't, I don't think you're old, and my stepmom's like in her 60s, older. close to 70, and I don't think she's old. You're only as old as you feel, and I'm 25 going on 500. I mean, I'm, I'm like 19 going on 737, but you know. Yeah, me, me. I'm, I'm feeling those vampire years, you know. I mean, well, vampires, you know, they still got the elasticity and everything else of a uh, fourteen-year-old, and I'm over here, like, you know, thirty-six, and my mind is like, oh, I can totally do what all these young people are doing, and then my, I start to do it, and my body's like, oh, no, the fuck, you can't. Yeah, bitch, hey. sit down somewhere before you hurt something. I've got plenty of elasticity. You should see how far I've stretched my stomach so far. <laughs> <laughs> I stretched my stomach and pulled it back. Whether or not it's going to bounce back. I'm trying to make it bounce back. It doesn't want to. It's fighting against it. I don't know. Like, when I was bigger, I could make it bounce off of anything. 
No, my stomach is like, hey, man, you are working so hard lately, and you're trying to stick to that diet. Clean out the fridge. You know? That's, that's, clean out the fridge as you cook everything? You want me to cook? Eat no, everything? don't cook. Just put it in your mouth. Doesn't matter. Just shove it in your mouth. Thankfully, Ew, I don't, don't have... Get, don't get salmonella. No, I don't, I don't have any raw meat in my fridge. It's in the freezer. That's where the raw mm. meat goes. I said fridge. Right. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> you said that this movie terrified you when you were younger. What it, about it pretty much traumatized me. It's like, you know, as a thirteen year old, I went we went and watched it. Um, you know, it was like in October, close to my birthday, and my dad thought it was a good idea to take me and my stepmom to go watch it when I was thirteen. So we went and watched it and you know, it's like when the uh scene starts with her masturbating with a crucifix, the whole fuck uh let Jesus fuck you thing. Um, Fuck you. I Fuck me. Fuck I told me. them that I had to go to the bathroom, and I ran out to the bathroom. Then when I came back, uh, there wasn't. Um, apparently, I hadn't let enough time pass, and her head was turned all the way around, and so I ran back out. Oh. And then, I, and then when I come back in, everything's fine. And then my stepmom gives me her coat to put over my face whenever something scary happens. I'm not sure. I might have misremembered it or maybe like spoofs or remake kind of things of this movie ruined that scene for me but somehow i remember the whole thing where she her head spins around and she throws up on him i remember that differently well i mean there's two different scenes where her head spins around you got the first one where she's masturbating the crucifix at the end of that scene then you got the other one when the priests are praying for her and her head spins all the way around right and that's the one that they spoofed is the second uh, head-spinning scene. Like in Scary Movie 2. Right. Scary Movie 2. Okay, yeah, no, it just, it, it doesn't feel, it didn't feel right to me. Like that initial one where she threw directly up in his face. Yeah, that was all part of the uh, second scene. Right. Or the second, leading up to the second head-spinning scene. Right, right. So I just, um, I, I remember it. I think I, it didn't feel right. Like I misremembered it or maybe... When I was thinking of this movie, I was thinking of a spoofed scene, not this. Like, I think there's a movie that, you know, uh, I don't know if you know who Leslie Nielsen is, the guy that did the Naked Gun movies. Yeah, he also did Repossessed. That right, also that's starred what I was Linda Blair. About. Repossessed. Yes. I Linda wanna... Blair was in The Exorcist, The Exorcist 2, and then Repossessed. Right. The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Right. But I also found out that the priest who supposedly dies in the um at the end like towards the end of the movie after he takes the demon and her right. survive and is in the Exorcist 3 Legion. I thought he was supposed to have died like they had a whole thing. Well, the older priest died, the other one jumped out the window and we see him getting his quote unquote last rites, but apparently in the Exorcist 3, same actor plays the same character and is um uh he's an amnesiac who has lost his memory. And some other stuff happened. I have not seen The Exorcist 3. I've seen Exorcist 2, but not a lot of it sticks out. So the trauma of him having to go through the exorcism here. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't feel right. If you look at it, I mean, there is a possibility they could have got him to a hospital and healed him. Because something I learned by watching Buffy is that, you know, when a demon's life is in danger, they will jump to the next host. And if we remember towards the end where he was asking the demon to come into him, had to rip off the necklace of the priest to actually enter him. And then 
you know, the life was in danger because he was choking Reagan. And so he jumped in, I mean, the, the demon, the devil, whatever, jumped into the priest. But the demon didn't have enough notice to uh, jump out before the priest jumped out the window. Here's a small connection you might not know. So the young priest that we're talking about, do you know who his son is? No. Have you watched the movie The Lost Boys? Yes. You have watched the movie The Lost Boys. Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick, the, the older brother in that oh, wow. movie. Um, the guy that plays Michael is his son. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy I just, shit. I thought you'd find that interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. I know. A lot of movies you bring up, I'm like, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched it. Never heard of it. Then you're like, The Lost Boys. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Oh, like the, like the common, the now common knowledge that uh, the the young woman who bites it in the uh, the shower in uh, Psycho is also the mother of uh, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, but this one is a little yeah. more obscure. Like everybody remembers the movie, but doesn't really think, "Oh my God, who are his children?" <laughs> but yeah, so that's Jason Miller. That's Jason Patrick's father. Well, hell, you know, as a child, I didn't. It's one of those things, like, when I was 13 and watching this, there's not a lot of things that stuck out except for the scariest scenes to me. Which right. is, like, you know, the masturbation, the head turning around, all that other kind of shit. It's like, as an adult, I'm watching the whole... And as an actress, I'm watching the whole thing, and it's like, wow, so much more is sticking out to me now. Like, in Iraq, you know, uh, they show the whole demon statue, and the first thing I thought is, like, wow, that thing is hung like a motherfucker. Uh, it's like I not something I thought I about thought as a that. child at all. Well, I mean, it also because as I'm watching the uh, stuff, it's like it also draws a parallel to when um, the uh, statue of Mary is desecrated with basically grotesque uh, Madonna tits and a big old horn penis. Right. It's like it kind of draws that uh, that parallel together because it's like I never noticed that that they actually gave the uh, demon statue in the beginning a big ass dick and then it's like okay now i can understand why this mother of mary uh or mother mary uh statue has a grotesque tits and the actual long ass dick uh, uh, it's okay. it's just the pair the parallels and symbolism that are drawn i didn't even catch that but now you're educating me <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm gonna move backwards for a minute you said you watched uh teen witch right i did I don't remember all of it, but I do remember a lot of it. Do you know Richie from that movie? Mm, is he the one who was like doing the main part of that rap with that girl? I believe so. He's the kind of awkward kid, not Brad, but Richie. Yeah. Richie is uh, Miller's other son. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, do you want to know a little bit something about Jason Miller? Sure. All right, so he was a, um, a stage actor. And originally, Warner Brothers and the director, I forgot his name, uh, something Fradley, Fredley, um, okay. doing The Exorcist, had cast somebody else as uh, Damien Karras. But the director saw Damien, I mean, saw Jason Miller on stage and wanted him to play Father Karras, even though he had never done, you know, movie or film or film or tv work so they bought out the original actor that they uh had cast warner brothers did and put uh jason miller in there oh okay good to know <laughs> oh now i know who you're talking about her little brother i didn't get to do the deep research that you did on this i am literally i i literally got wiped out this week 
Uh, by the way, I sent you a picture of uh, Jason Miller's other played, son. It was the one who. It's the one who played her little brother. Oh, okay, okay. The main character's little brother. So that's the little brother. Yes, which that person was played by uh, Robert. I mean, the main character of Team Witch was played by Robin Lively. And the first thing I ever saw her in was a movie called Wildcats with uh, Goldie Hawn. You know, I think maybe we need to we need to talk a little bit more often about movies because I think you've seen movies I definitely haven't. I remember Wildcats actually. That's the football I film, right? I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's the first time I ever saw a woman with really small tits, just proud and happy, like Goldie Hawn, because it's like, you know, all throughout her career, she was never obsessed with getting like big tits to get roles. She was able to get roles no matter what. And then she gave birth to a, uh, a young lady, Kate Hudson, who also has no chest and is proud and happy about it. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> you know, as long as you have talent, you do not have to get augments to your body. Now, if you want to get them, that's that's all fine and dandy. But it's like, you know, there's, there's certain women or men who um, have gotten their roles and not have to do, like, obscene or, like, work so hard on their body i mean let's look at uh, kathy bates you know she's not a looker so to speak but she's an amazing actress oh god i love her you the best movie i've ever seen her in to this day is probably one of my favorite stephen king movies and that is misery, misery. yes yes he wouldn't get out of the cock of duty car <laughs> she's I've never seen the movie I just I don't know why she doesn't get more play. I don't know if it's because of her looks, but she's fucking hilarious. I mean, the first thing I ever saw her in was Titanic, and then the next thing, like I've seen her in a few other things, but another um, another few roles that stick out to me is when she starred in a few different roles in American Horror Story. She was in a few different seasons of that. Okay, I have not seen American Horror Story yet, unfortunately. It's none of it. I would say give it a watch, and we should do a review on the seasons. See, there you go. You wanted to have a TV show to start on. There we go. That is an American amazing horror TV story. story. I have not seen it yet, so this is an experienced watcher of American Horror Story talking through American Horror Story with somebody that's watching it for the first time. Yeah. Oh, that was another move, uh, role that I liked of hers uh, when she was uh, Adam Sandler's mom in Tommy Boy. She was Adam Sandler's mom in Waterboy. Not not, not Tommy Boy, Waterboy. Tommy Boy is the... Uh, Which I have not seen Waterboy. The only thing I know about it is my, my mama told me the devil. I mean, all women's a devil. You haven't seen the Waterboy? No, but I saw the house bunny. Does that count? You haven't seen the Waterboy? No, I watched, but I watched Billy Madison. But that was mainly because the actress who played Sonya Blade, Bridget Wilson Sampras, from uh, Mortal Com- the first Mortal Kombat movie was in Billy Madison. But I also thought M- Billy Madison was great. I'm just going to repeat myself. You haven't seen The Waterboy? No, I have not. Although I should because not only does Adam Sandler and, and Kathy Bates plays in it, but so Faruza Faruza Balk. Balk. Right there. I was getting one. Yes. My favorite role of Faruza Balk is not even The Craft or that movie. The Return oh, well, to hell. Oz. He's also played in uh, Return to Oz and The Worst Witch. Yes. The worst witch I still have to see. That was when she was a little one. She was still young. Well, it, it was, she was the same age as she probably was or close to it when she did Return to Oz. Ah, okay. No, I definitely I have just to watched see The Worst Witch this morning because it was one of my mom's favorite movies. And I was feeling nostalgic and missing my mom. 
So I apologize. I want to apologize to our listeners because I am the one that dropped the ball here. The intent was to come back to start doing this again and to try to keep our chaotic format. I like the chaotic format, the the conversation that it brings up, but I wanted to take loose notes so that we could talk about the film scene to scene. We're, um, we're getting back there. I mean, well, you know, a little banter happens. Yes, yes. Banter, banter can happen with a loose discussion of things from scene to scene, too. And yeah. that will make for longer episodes. Right now, we're coming in at about an hour. But I remember that first year, we were so happy having these fucking conversations that we were going almost three hours per episode. And um, I know there's not a lot of people that want to just sit down and listen to a bunch of friends fucking talk to each other for three hours. But fuck it. I'm doing this for us. If you want well, to listen, I mean, beautiful. I can't say that. I can't say that. There's plenty of things, like, when I'm working, like, I work a warehouse job, right. and there's a few things that I don't get a lot of good reception in there, so I actually look for things to download that are hours long, because, like, I work at, you know, a 10-hour shift. I look for things that are hours long that I can just listen to, whether I'm mindlessly listen to it or, you know, something catches my ear, and I pay close attention to what they're saying while I'm doing my job. So, I mean... A three-hour conversation or an hour long, two hours, whatever. I'm going to say there's plenty of people who actually like to listen to that. I mean, personally, I love listening to long podcasts, especially if the conversation is humorous. I like something funny. I'm not sure that I'm the humor guy, but I still enjoy myself. So, that's one of things. Like, you know, as long as as long as there's something that catches somebody's ear that they want to catch in, listen to. Like, that's, something, that's what's important, whether it's the horror, the comedy, or the, the, the facts that are researched and brought out that maybe people didn't know. Like, all the facts we brought out about Jason Miller. Right. Well, this is also... His kids, his background. This is also why we're going to try to get back to having a minimum of three to four people per conversation. So we're going to try to reach out uh, into the podcasting world. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there now, a lot of them entertainment-based, but I don't want to just stick to entertainment-based podcasts, like things that, or podcasts that focus on film or podcasts that focus on music. I think that it would be fun for us to do crossover episodes where we're bringing people from co- podcasts that have nothing to do with the entertainment field. True crime podcasts, for one. I think it would be fun okay. to have people come on to do horror films based on true crime okay. movies. Those uh, are the creepiest. I don't lie. Okay. Like, even scarier than demons. I was listening to Slayers, which is a new audio audible thing. Um, but um, there's a saying from uh, Anya, or played by M- Emma Caldwell Ford, uh, humans can be scarier than demons. Demons have it in their blood to do bad things. Right. Humans who choose to do bad things are scarier. Fair enough. I think it would like, also be. I think it would also be very interesting to have like do maybe a, a a bad romantic comedy film, but have somebody that does a relationship advice podcast visit us or come on to the podcast for that particular setup. That would be kind of fun. I think it would be fun. I think one of the things that the podcasting community is missing. There are some podcasts that'll bring people on and say, yeah, hey, we're, we have this person from this podcast or whatever. 
but I don't get a real sense of community or people working together to better each other's podcasts. I think in a lot of instances I'm hearing people just bring somebody on, slipping them in, say, hey, here's this person, and they talk, and you probably never hear that person on the podcast again. I don't want that. I want, I'd like to try to build, a, I think we should try to build a sense of community. I keep saying things in terms of me. I agree. I and I need agree. to be thinking we, not me. It's like I would love to do another interview with uh, Hazard Valley Films to see what they're doing, with uh, Strange and Beautiful, see what they're doing. I think that we should bring them on and ask them to give us a film to watch. I, I completely agree. And give us your favorite horror film or on. movie in general, well, and let's talk about it. Yeah, within there, of course. <laughs> we're, we're calling you back, Hazard Valley Films. We loved your little short projects on YouTube, and we would love to bring you back. I want to bring back the guys that we interviewed. Um, Sarah from Two Ch- Talking Flicks uh, sat down, and we interviewed the uh, director and producer for a indie film, which I now have a Blu-ray copy of on my shelf. It is now available to rent on Prime. So you can rent this movie, you can purchase uh, from SRS Films a copy of Slaughter Beach, which is the, uh, one of the few episodes that we had near the beginning of the year. I think we've only got nine episodes out right now, so I'm thinking it's probably episode uh, seven and eight, I think. I would definitely love to hear from them. It's like, as an actress, I just want to hear their perspective and where they're coming from, and it's like, I need to watch this and see what's going on with it. I'm going to recommend to you, go go on Prime, look up Slaughter Beach, and watch it. Because this these are guys, this is like their first big film that they put out there. It is a horror comedy that sort of pays homage to some of the, the cheesy horror comedy films of the 80s and 90s. Um, and it made me feel like I was watching something, I mean, I don't want to say the caliber of, because I feel like it is... Uh, a little bit better put together than some of the trauma films that I've watched in the past, but it definitely has the humor and sensibilities of like a really good trauma film, like an old like Toxic Avenger or Sergeant Kabuki Man kind of thing. Uh, no, the way you just spoke about that reminded me of a film from the nineties that was a that was a uh, horror spoof, and it was called uh, Scream. You know what I did last Friday the Thirteenth? Oh yeah, yeah. And it just made me think about uh, when VH1 had those pop-up music videos. They because did, they had that in that movie. They did some of those weird films that had really long names. Like, uh, Don't Drink Your Juice in... Uh, no, Don't Be a I'm Menace in South Central While yeah. Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that movie. Yeah, it, there's some pretty good spoofs that they did. The movies I, themselves are great, but the spoof... Uh, I, I'm, I'm a comedy guy. I like to laugh. I mean, I do like a good action. I do like a good drama movie, but you got to make me laugh. That is where my heart lies, is something that makes me laugh. Most people love to laugh. More than anything, they love to laugh. It's like, just like you, they love a good horror. They love a good drama. They love a good, you know, action. But in the core, a lot of people love to laugh because it, it, you know, it gives them that, that, that thing in the brain, that chemical I will tell you, Linda Flair's... uh, Linda Flair. Okay, this is Ric Flair's daughter, Linda Flair's head spun around. She went, woo, before puking in his face. Uh, No, okay. Linda Blair. Fuck. Okay, Linda Blair, her performance in this made me laugh. 
so hard several times. I'm watching this film and it is supposed to be this horror drama and I was so uncomfortable during that scene, the fuck me, fuck me scene. And I just, I just fell out laughing. I'm like, what the fuck? There is one part where she does that makes me laugh uncontrollably. It's like when she's laying in the bed and the priest is first meeting her, the devil, whatever. And he was like, he's asked something. She's, he's, oh, it's when the, um, the, uh, the shelf or the desk drawer, uh, comes out some. And he's like, did you do that? And she's like, ah. <laughs> I died. I was like, that is the one part of the film that just never like scared me. It just made me laugh. Can you do it again? Not right now. <laughs> In time. In time. No, right now. In time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have missed it. What happened to the, the your mother sucks cocks in hell thing? Oh, that's in that's that's later when uh the other priest is there. Did I miss that? I must have missed that. If you just got to the scene during the fuck me part, your Emmett that uh your mother sucks cocks and hell comes later. No, no, I'm I'm not watching it right now. I'm just saying, oh. like, I it's, it's I've stopped playing it in the background. I'm just saying that that's the scene that I I remember just dying laughing about. And I was waiting. I might have been called out of the room when that came up because okay. I don't remember that watching comes, it. That comes later when the actual old priest is there with the young priest. I have this bad habit of leaving like movies or television shows running when people call me to another room to do stuff. And so I'll miss large chunks of things because my ADHD goes, people are calling, time to run. And, you know, I just leave things running in the background. I come back, fuck, it's almost over. <laughs> How long have I been I out of here? This is a three-hour movie. I really have... The, it's like a two-hour movie. About two hours and if 12 watch, minutes. If you, Yeah, if you watch the special ones, it's two hours and something minutes. It's not three hours long, but let me tell you, the beginning of it made it feel like it. Well, I mean... You know, it's like, I have to commend everything. It's like, even as somebody who practices witchcraft, it's like, you know, when she's going to the, I forget why the fuck she's even going to the doctors. And I was watching it and I was like, why did you start putting your child through all these tests and stuff anyway? Like, then then in my mind, I'm like, you know what? It's just scripted. Maybe it's just a child checkup type thing. Because I mean, he's an actress doing a movie in Washington, D.C. And she originally, I mean, they're originally from California. And so I was like, why are they doing this? And don't even get me started on the fucking Ouija board shit. No? Why not? Oh, fuck. You right. told me not to get you started, but why would I not start something? Let's let's start it. Let's. It's like, if you're going to use a Ouija board, which I think is stupid in the first place, even as somebody who practices, it's like, A, you want to make sure you have a circle of salt around your fucking board. That way, whatever you summon... Is stuck within that damn circle. Okay. Because it creates a barrier. And then, second of all, always make sure you say goodbye. Why? Always. Why? Because it breaks your connection with the uh, whatever came through. Hmm. And if it doesn't, that's what the circle of salt is for, is to keep it contained. Goodbye. <laughs> you I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the old AOL sign-off. I'm thinking of the old... You say that, and I'm over here thinking about the weakest link. It's like, well, oh, the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. Did oh, you ever watch that? Yes, I, I don't remember. I remember watching The Weakest Link, but I don't remember enjoying it very much. Honestly. But I just liked that part. That was the only thing I enjoyed about it was, you are The Weakest Link. Goodbye. You are The Weakest Link. Goodbye. 
<laughs> you uh, over there doing AOL. I'm doing AOL. Well, I mean, AOL was a pretty weak link, too. It's not around anymore, is it? Is AOL around? No, but I think people can still access... Yes, it is. People can still access their emails, but... Um, the only... That, not really. The only benefit AOL ever gave me... All right, and we're going to say that we're going to sign off for a commercial right after I mention this, and then we can talk a little bit more about the movie and play some games when we come back. Awesome. The only benefit that AOL ever gave me is I don't know how much you remember about AOL, but people used to get discs in the mail for free time, like 145 hours or 1,045 hours worth of AOL, you know, that for free when you sign up. What? They also got discs for the updates. Right. So they'd send discs to your house. Whether or not you asked for it, they would just send discs to everybody. So I had a stack of these discs. And back when I had, like, I want to say, was it PS2 or PS3? I think it was PS2 and 3. They had a video game. It was called Monster Hunter. Which is sort of a... It had its own cartoon... Uh, it was basically this pseudo-Pokemon kind of thing where you're supposed to collect creatures and level them up and train them so they can go to the arena, and you fight them against other creatures to try to move through different arenas. The reason why these AOL discs were so valuable is the way you got creatures within the game is you would go to an altar and... You would. They would ask you to insert a disc, and so you take out the game and you put in a new disc, any disc you want, whether it's a movie or a CD or a computer disc, whatever kind of disc you want. And it reads the information on the disc and creates a unique creature based off of the information on that disc. That's creepy. Yeah, well, I thought it was a pretty good game. It was interesting. It was an interesting way to engage somebody with the rest of their media collection in that particular game. So, I mean, if you're kind of the kind of person that has hundreds of CDs laying around the house, or like me, you have hundreds and hundreds of movies laying around the house, you got plenty of things to try to farm creatures from and try to create different things. Yeah, my creature would have came out as a pop princess because I probably would have stuck a Britney Spears CD in. I don't know what Britney Spears ever created. I'm sure if you looked it up, you could see what discs created what for that game. There were okay. some discs that created unique creatures you couldn't get anywhere else. And then there's a lot of discs just kind of gave you generic creatures. You know? Things that you get repetitively, but at different strengths. So, if you're into retro gaming, go look up Monster Hunter. That being said, we're going to take a very, very quick break and allow other podcasts, which we have accumulated uh, little ads for, to speak within our, well, the little section that we used to have ads from Anchor, uh, since Spotify has taken over. Uh, I don't think we have gotten to the point where we're, we have enough listenership to try to get any kind of ads back on our podcast at all. Not even remotely. Like, they don't even give me the offer to put an ad, like, let's hold this little space for your ad in case we give you one. They don't even give me that offer anymore. I can't add them. So. We're going to work on that, though. We will get there eventually. It requires, like, 
a certain amount of listenership, and I'll figure out what the figures are. I think it's like 50 listens in a week. Uh, but it has to be like unique listens, like 50 unique people have to listen to your podcast. And I think we're hovering, when we do put something out, we're hovering in around the 20 to 35 area. We're going to get y'all more content, don't worry. We hope. We will. And as Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, we'll be back. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. We are the hosts of the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. On the Strange and Beautiful Book Club, Matt and I share our adventures discovering forgotten movies, television shows, and books in the science fiction, horror, and fantasy genre. Not necessarily good movies, though. Oh, certainly not. We love a good, bad movie. The quirkier, the funnier, the more campy, the better. But we talk about some classics, too. Of course, we can't ignore our favorites like Highlander or the 1990s vampire cop television show Forever Night, which we are currently covering one episode at a time. As if I could forget. Oh, hush. You love every minute of it. Come join us every week as we discover, discuss, and dissect fantasy, horror, and sci-fi genre classics. New episodes release every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So remember, sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. This is Two Chicks Talking Flicks, where we review movies. We try to dig deeper and go more in depth. Very profound for me. Yeah, um, for me, I'm just like, what? We even bring up relevant topics. I remember from Punky Brewster <laughs> that you don't go inside the fridge. No, and we're here to have those tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing a white dress, which is very. Huh? It was yellow. So if this sounds like the podcast for you, please enjoy new episodes every Tuesday. Bringing it on back for the second half of the episode, we have let our sponsors, or not sponsors, the podcasts that we love speak for themselves. Right now, that includes uh, just a handful. We're hoping to gather some more little ads and spread the fucking love. But... In the meantime, while we're waiting for all that to happen, we're just going to keep shooting the shit about The Exorcist. And right now, we're going to get to the part where we kind of talk about the good, the bad, and the fucking ugly of these films. We're going to start with uh, Piper. What do you feel was by far the best scene in this film? I can't pick just one. You gotta, you have to. That's the point. You can't pick one. You have to pick one. Well, I don't know because you brought it up earlier while we were talking before we started recording about, you know, Ellen Bernstein playing the Karen of all Karens. Yes. And I brought, and then I brought it in as in, well, she was actually a Karen for the right reason because she was a Karen who was caring for her daughter. Right. And was trying to get any help she could for her daughter. So and she played all of her sins. I mean, all of her sins. All of her sins. All of her sins. All of her sins. All of her twists. All of her. She played all of her uh, scenes amazingly. Like I actually believe she was the mother of a daughter trying to get the best help she could right. for her child. Okay. So it's like, it's like so almost any scene with her in it was like amazing. But if I had to pick the best scene, it would be the masturbation crucifix scene, all because it made more of an impact out of a, the whole movie than any of the other scenes to me. It's like it's the first thing that re- that traumatized me as a child, but watching as an adult and as an actress, it's like, you know, I watched an uh, interview with her with Linda Blair, and she was like, you know, she did, at twelve years old, she didn't know what masturbation was. She was um she was told to stab the uh, crucifix into a box between her legs that had corn syrup, right, and um and recite the lines, 
And it's like, because she did that. And, I mean, hell, these actors and actresses went through pain to get the scenes done. Like, there's a scene where uh, Reagan is, like, popped up. She keeps being popped up on the bed. She actually, uh, Linda Blair actually uh, suffered a spinal injury to that. There's a scene in the, uh, in the Masturbation Crucifix scene where uh, Ellen Bernstein, who played Chris McNeil, was slapped and pulled was, like, pulled hard to the floor. The reason we get so much pain from that scene is because the actress was really in pain and they pulled her too hard to the floor. Oh, okay. So that scene sticks out so much all because of, like, actor dedication. The actors actually, like, their acting was amazing in that scene and believable. And it was just, it's the main scene in the whole movie that sticks out to me. So, I, personally, my favorite scene in the film, and... I mean, spoiler alert, because, well, fuck that. No spoiler alert. We do the spoiler that alert at the beginning of the fucking 1973 podcast. 1973 or 74. That reminds me, I've got to get you to sit down and record a spoiler alert for me and so we can uh, pop it up at the beginning of the podcast. Sounds good. I, I don't know if you've ever listened, actually sat down and listened to the things we record, but at the beginning of every episode, I have... I think five different ones. I know that I've done one. I know that Omar did one. Nico, this guy, Seth. And there's a couple of other ones. But we do, like, spoiler alerts just to say, hey, you know, we, 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 we are vulgar. We have a tendency to say some things that are pretty offensive. And we talk about films that you may or may not have watched. So, you know, venture over uh, past this point at your own peril or whatever. I don't think it's ever peril. We don't expect anybody to fucking die because they heard, oh my god, the ending of the movie! Uh, heart attack, you know, fuck. No. Oh, they totally will. They totes will. We ruined the movie for him <laughs> and he had a heart attack. We're suing you. Um, Not today, Satan. There was an alert. <laughs> Bringing up Satan and the exorcist. Could it be Satan? <laughs> hmm. uh, anyway. Satan. Oh, Dana Carey and the church lady. Fuck. All right. So, that part. My favorite scene in the movie has to be nearing the end. The scene where... Uh, oh, good lord. Now I'm going to fucking forget their names. Why am I forgetting names all of a sudden? It could be because I slept through a good portion of the fucking movie and then woke up in the middle of the movie. Father and I Paris expect and to remember Green? things. So, Damien, right? Yes. The, the young priest. He yes. finds the old priest, played by Max, Max von Sydow, laying dead on the floor, and he attacks Reagan. Yes. So this the, the whole scene where he snaps and takes the demon into him, I feel, was by far the best. The whole thing. Everything from him pulling her out there, beating the crap out of her, and then diving out the window himself. There's something about that scene, I won't lie. It made me laugh. And it could be because, you know, while, you know, Karis is over Marin, you know, sad that he did and trying to, like, beat him back to life or whatever. Right. And then Reagan with the devil inside her is just laying there like, it's just Tuesday. Before she starts laughing and giggling. It's like she's just looking at him like, it's just Tuesday. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> see what I did. Sorry. <laughs> I told you that scene just made me laugh. It's just like she's looking at him like all dumbfounded, breathing out like like a mouth breather. Right. And then just starts <sighs> like, giggling just out Tuesday. of nowhere. And then just starts giggling, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that was I, that whole scene was the best, though. All right, now that we've done the best, we have to by default do the worst. 
worst scene in the movie. Oh God. I'm, I'll give you mine, the and then you can move into yours if you want a minute. The beginning where I see Reagan and and Chris walking down the street with a mother statue, Mother Mary statue. It's like it drew no, it drew no parallel to the next thing we see, which is you know Father Marin in uh, Iraq, you know excavating tombs and stuff and finding all the demon paraphernalia or whatever you want to call it, the demon uh, sculptures. And right. statues and all that stuff. It just brought no pe- like there was no connection between those scenes. Like so, for me, that was the worst. Was like the very beginning scene of seeing uh, Chris and Reagan walking down the street with a uh, Mary statue. Okay, I would say probably the worst scene for me. Like, I don't feel like the party scene with the fucking drunk director. Really, I don't think it had any need in the film. Like, I get that she worked for a shitty director. He's a director, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, but, I mean, it's like, it's one of those things, like, I mean, let's let's say that he's supposed to be, quote-unquote, representing Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers made the movie and then also made the movie that she was working on in the movie. Yeah, they spoofed the film in the movie, basically. Yeah, it was like, that was actually a weird context. I'm just like, Warner Brothers makes the exorcist but also makes a movie that the actress playing the actress makes right it's an actress playing an actress with a director playing a director or no an actor playing a director so they can have the movie within the movie is what it's weird (laughs) i just don't think that it provides anything to drive the story forward having Um, having the drunk be an asshole yes it shows a little bit more of the mother's acting capabilities but i just don't think that it does anything to drive it forward I didn't I think it was necessary. You could have pulled that out. Go ahead. You could have pulled that out, and I don't think the movie would have been any worse for it. Just well, gone right on to the scene talking. where Linda Blair walks in and pisses on the floor in front of her friends. Well, I mean, in fairness, as in, like from a different perspective, being on set and everything else, it's supposed to draw conclusion, or it's supposed to draw to a point where you know the mother goes back to the party, where everybody. It's like it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know if it's it's like you have to have some point where you're trying to escort everybody out to the point where you only have a minimal of people, which is what they had around the piano. Right. Which let me say this just as an excerpt type thing. Everybody's costumes kind of like were amazing. Like the fact that Chris's outfit was, I mean, costume or dress was blue and sparkly compared to her auburn hair. Right. Or the woman who was like, calling out the next lyrics wearing this big ass pendant type of thing around her neck but wearing a a very simplistic dress and you had another woman who was almost dressed like Liza Minnelli but everything complimented each other like the costume person did amazing on that oh yeah wardrobe was fucking amazing throughout this entire movie I I can wholeheartedly agree with that yes Um, I mean I won't lie to questions like Reagan's supposed to be possessed but how they get her nightgown and everything changed all the time so okay, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on here, and now Sorry. just one last step: Be- the best and worst actors in the film. I honestly cannot call out a worst actor. Well, if you bring that drunk scene in, the person playing the director is like slightly believable as drunk as a drunk, but not completely. I believe that guy's name was Jack McGowan, if I'm not mistaken. Like I said. Slightly believable as a drunk, not completely. 
like I was just not completely I did not completely believe that he was so drunk far capacity that he was just saying all the shit out of his mind or like I did not believe that a drunk mind was speaking a sober tongue I like I said before we even started recording this podcast today it felt like Walter Matthau and Chris Elliott got drunk and had a drunk baby and that's what we had for the director (laughs) pretty much he was just drunk by default. He's not an actual drunk. He is just drunk because he was born out of a situation where both people were drunk. But it's like, as it, far as like DNA. the main actors we see, as in Jason Miller, yeah. what was the actor who played Father Marin? That's uh, Max von Sydow? Yes. Ellen Burstein and Linda Blair, and even okay. the woman who played like the the woman who played the maid, the woman who played her assistant, who, I mean... Like, the sister's name was Sharon. I don't know her real name. Right. The guy who played the butler type thing who was supposed to get mousetraps and did. Like, right. everybody played their part to a believable status. And even, like, even Ellen, like, and I had to watch this as a 36-year-old and an actress. But, like, you know what? They gave her a hobby outside of acting like she was doing cross-stitching or something. It's like, it was believable. It, you need that something that brings you away from everything you do every day to relax your mind and everything else. And she was trying to do that while trying to uh, deal with all the situations of her daughter. It's like the little things that they put in there, hobbies, mannerisms and all that, like everything was believable. So the only worst thing I could say was the drunk scene. Okay. So I, I'll, I'll concur that the, the worst actor was definitely the guy trying to play drunk, but hamming it up. Like he, he, he chewed up scenery. He, he was hamming it up as the fucking, uh, the drunk director. <laughs> It was not good. Like it, it, it felt like it would have better place in like a a kind of slow comedy film from that time. Not yeah, that scene felt forced. Yeah, it was as I mean from the standby and being on set and watching people, that scene felt forced. But for me, the best actor would be a toss up, probably between Linda Blair and Jason Miller. Personally, See, I'd give it a toss up between. Linda Blair, she did her stuff, and, you know, her stunt double, Eileen Dietz, who was the one who did the voice for, like, Reagan Possessed, right. and did the stunt, the stunt work, um, like, between them and, I don't know, it's like a three-way toss-up for me, between Jason Miller, Eileen Dietz, slash uh, Linda Blair, and then Ellen Burstein. Okay. Like I said, she played a mother who was being a Karen, but being a Karen for the right reason. I'm trying to think, like, if I had to absolutely give it to only one person, I'm probably leaning towards Linda Blair. Because I, I think, personally, it- Linda Blair had to put up with the most shit. Even at 14 years old, like, she, she was put up a lot of shit as just a child. She was and only 12 when she did that movie. I'm genuinely, I thought it was 14. Nope, she was 12, I think. Uh, well, I can't look it up right now because my phone's being used for stuff. I'm gonna. I can look it up myself, but uh, look I, it up. You know how old but, was when she was talking, Blair, when she she talking about the in the interview being a twelve-year-old? She didn't know what masturbation was. Right. No, it's fourteen years old. She was fourteen. Yes. Well, even then, she still didn't like. It's well, like, and I hate talking about it that way because I mean, she was a child actor and having to do some grotesque stuff. But when years. I say grotesque, I mean having to do adult stuff. It's like. I hate putting that way, but you know, she she committed and she was amazing. 
I mean, this was 14 years old in the 1970s, and she was committing herself to acting, so that probably wasn't something that even crossed her mind. It was just something what? that... We're going through the motions, I have to act it out, even though I don't know what the fuck's going on. So we'll do our best to figure out how to present this performance. And I know it well, created it like, a lot of controversy. Well, to keep some of her childhood, they didn't explain it as in it was a sexual act. They were just like, we just need you to stab this this item into the box between your legs. It's like, uh, and say the word. Fuck me! Fuck me! Uh, did she actually well, say thought, the word? I think somebody else said it for her. She was just making the motion. Well, it's one of those things. When she said, fuck me, fuck me, you only saw her back. And right. that was not in the masturbation crucifix scene. The masturbation crucifix scene, she said, let Jesus fuck you. Ah, okay. But the other part that you're referring, like, because it gets confusing because, like, during the masturbation crucifix scene, the scene you're referring to as fuck me, fuck me is when she was being popped up on the bed. A lot is when she actually got her spinal injury. Um, but she was talking to the doctors and but like and lifted up her dress and said, fuck me. Fuck me. Yeah, I don't and think then, I... There was... I don't but think the that... But the crucifix scene is when she sticks her mother's head between her legs and says, lick me. Lick me. I don't think that that scene was included in what I watched. At all. Oh. So I, I think that might be one of those... Because it was like 10 minutes of extra footage. How long was the, the movie that you watched? Do you have the, the running time anywhere? It was like two hours. It was like two hours and 12 minutes. This one's 2.12. Yeah, that's what I watched. Okay, so you're, I mean, if, okay, hmm, I don't know. But the director's cut might have a couple of differences than the version you've never seen, quote-unquote. It's entirely possible, yeah, because that I don't remember at all. Um, yeah, there were two instances, one where she says, fuck me, and that was in one scene, and then the other one was, lick me, and that was in another scene. All right, so now we're going to play two little games very, very quickly. The first one, and uh, mind you, we, we, we settled on an actor because we haven't got our little wheel set up yet. So we're, we're going to set up a little <laughs> wheel, sort of a wheel of misfortune kind of thing, where we take an actor and or actress, and we ask, in this particular case, would Danny DeVito do it better? So, <laughs> is there a character within this film that you think you could replace with a 1970s version of Danny DeVito and make oh, the movie well, better. I don't know. I just want to put him in the place of the mom. You want to put him in the place of the mom? Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, the only references I have for Danny DeVito, because I never watched Sunny, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, or a lot of the stuff he's been in. I think I've watched, like, three things. Okay. Um, He, vo he voiced in Hercules, the animated for uh, Disney, as Phil. He was the penguin in Batman Returns, and he was the dad in Matilda. Okay. And I'm just sitting here thinking, just like, help my daughter. Just, he just help is my that, daughter. Is that all you've seen with him in it? I'm pretty sure there's other things I've seen I just don't recognize. Okay. Because I probably smoked him when I was a child. Because my mother, like, okay, I, I take that back. Like, I don't remember a lot of it, but I did see Twins with okay. him and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, okay. Have you, did you get to see uh, Nine Months? I have not. Also with him and Arnold Schwarzenegger, except for Arnold Schwarzenegger's pregnant. That was in... Uh, oh, wait. I did see that. I did not see Twins. I know he was in it. I saw nine. I saw the one where uh, Arnold was, was it, pregnant. Was it nine months? I don't think that's what that was called. I think it's called something else. I think it's probably called something else. Uh, it was called something It wasn't called nine months. No, it wasn't. You sure? I'm positive. It was definitely not. No, it's definitely not that. I'll find it. But <laughs> anyway, moving on. 
Who would you... So you would replace the mom. I'm thinking, like, you could kind of <laughs> do that. Like, same dramatic acting, same everything, except for you're making it a single father in the same situation. Oh, it's called Junior, by the way. Uh, yeah, Junior. I have seen that. I have seen Junior. So, like, a single father, but in the same situation where he has to pull off the same kind of dramatic performance as the mother. See, I've been thinking about him as cross-dressing. So, I, I, I took the comedic route for that. So, instead of Ellen Bernstein, you're thinking, you know, I'm replacing yeah, Jason Miller. Right. See, I, couldn't I want the I iconic line to be get me an old get me an old priest and a short priest. <laughs> Come on. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ fucking compels you. You know, just the only thing, I, the only thing I'm also thinking about that is like, are you compelled yet? <laughs> <laughs> You're compelled, right? Are you compelled? Are you even slightly compelled? This girl isn't compelled. <laughs> I it can't do like Danny DeVito. Be a little compelled, but not really. No, no. <laughs> oh, what if we goodness. replace Linda Blair? <laughs> Come on, just let Jesus fuck you. Come I'm, on. I'm just picture. I'm just picturing Danny DeVito in bed going, "Fuck me, fuck me." Just, just come on and fuck me. I could see him delivering the line. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. But yeah, but it's not its not one of those things he would just deliver that line and be like, well, you know what? You know what I got to say to you? Your mother sucks cocks in hell. You got it, you got it delivered, but you, you have him, like, you do the CGI effects where, uh, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Little Man? Yes. Where you just put his head on a little, per, a, 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 a little kid's body? <laughs> right? Oh, God. That's what I'm Oh, thinking. wait. There is one thing I did want to say about the film. Okay. And this is about Jason Miller's acting. Acting okay. when the bed starts levitating, the look in his face when he's like frozen and can't recite the words from the Bible or whatever, like right. the look of shock, disbelief, and acceptance, all in the same like all in the same frame. Yeah, like that was masterful. There was a scene that was actually not acting. So there's a scene in the movie, the the scene where Linda Blair throws up on his face. The yeah. tube actually misfired. It was supposed to hit him in the chest, but it got him in the face instead. So the shock and disgust that he had in that scene was actual, literal shock and disgust. He didn't have to act it because he didn't expect to get hit in the face with this stuff. Well, there's just so much I can give to this movie. The fact that it didn't rely <laughs> on CGI, there was nothing but practical effects. Like, right. for them to get all the breath in the damn film they had like two air conditioners in there going at the same time to make sure everybody would be breathing like you could see their breath right also that one room so they could make it shake was put on wheels so they can make the room shake honestly like, just the way they did that was just masterful and the like the fact that we had to rely on so much cgi nowadays when that movie proved you do not have to rely on cgi like, it just blows my mind. I think this is also why I lean towards more independent features, low-budget features now, when I watch, like, horror movies, action movies, so on and so forth. It's because of the fact that a lot of those movies rely on the special effects and practical effects artists that they have on their films, rather than CGI, computer-generated stuff, their computer generated stuff, and there's some that use like low budget computer generated CGI that's still a hell of a lot 
more fun to watch than, you know, something uber polished. You can tell people are um, enjoying themselves making the movie. They're proud of it. I agree. It's like, and one comparison I can actually draw is like, have you seen the movie, the remake of House of Wax with oh, uh, Lisa Cuthbert? Yeah. Well, it's like they put a green screw, like a green mask on the guy who was supposed to be scarred. Right. But you look at Linda Blair, that was all makeup artists. Right. There are it's makeup like, artists that can do the same amount of work. You don't need to CGI. That's just lazy. And if you pay the makeup artist, you pay less money than paying a computer artist to do CGI. Is that true? It is. Because, is it? like, you have to think about it. When you do... Uh, when you do a special effect with makeup, pretty much, uh, let's look at Drax from, um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. They put those scars on them and everything, and then, you know, you know, they they just put it on every single day. It, yeah, it takes a few hours, but right. once it's done, it's done. It stays there. Right. But for, for CGI, you have to sit there and input it in every single scene that that person is in if that's supposed to be staying there. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's, as long as you've got a, a special effects artist or a makeup, special effects makeup artist that is good with continuity at the very least. Some some are really bad with continuity and the scar moves. I mean, I agree. It's like, it's one of those things, like, when, and I think about it a lot more when I watch TV shows because you have to do so much more to detail because, like, if you stop a scene in the middle... Right. And you have to pick it up the next day. You have to pay attention to every single place that the hair was put and all the other stuff. Oh. And like, and I, I'm gonna, I'm again gonna draw a reference to Buffy, but it's like, you know, there's, there's times in the seasons where her hair was curled, right. but they had to be, and like they had to continue like the next day, but they had to put, uh, they had to make sure the curls was laid perfectly in each place every single day. Look, Piper. And look. Draw all the parallel lines that you want to Buffy, please. Well, well, it's not even just that. I mean, let's look at Sissy Spacek and um, Carrie. She she slept in the blood-soaked dress and everything for three days to make sure everything stayed continuity. Slept like, in stayed it? In tune. Yeah, she slept in it and everything. She stayed in that outfit for three days. I didn't do that much research. That's disgusting. It's disgusting, but it also shows, <laughs> like... When you're an actor and you're devoted to your craft, and let's face it, not all Stephen King movies are masterpieces. But, you know, when they are, and you have the people who are devoted to help make that a masterpiece, it's like, that's what you look for in acting and everything. It's like, you want to find those actors who are committed to making sure that your vision as a director stays your vision and are willing to make sure your vision comes to life. Uh. <clears throat> Honey, do you want to change that dress? No, continuity. But you're starting to smell. No, continuity. But there's flies. No, continuities. Maggots. No, continuity. Anyway. Ew. <laughs> well, I don't... A lot of that stuff was made with, like, caro syrup back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you're sleeping like, in that for honey, three you days... Honey, you have flies. Honey, you have flies. You have wasps. You have yellow jackets. They're coming for you. Continuity. All right. All right. Cut. We're no longer filming Carrie. This is Lord of the Flies. Go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> very different meaning for Lord of the Flies there. Queen of the Flies. It's Carrie, you know. Uh, all right. So, moving to the next okay. game. 
Oh, Carl, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's what I, that's what actually what I was about to bring up. So, the second game. Next game, the Weak Ass Recast. Uh, we figured that was a tongue twister. Try to say that five times fast. Drunk Piper. I can't could do not. it. I'm, I'm heavily inebriated. I'm heavily alcoholic right now. Yeah, try, try to say inebriated while inebriated. Go ahead. Not today, Satan. Not, not today, today, Satan. Okay. So, the Weak Ass Recast. <laughs> We have we are going to basically take this film that definitely should not be recast. We should not have tried to fit fucking Danny DeVito into this movie. Uh, but so are and I want to place him in the place of Reagan. That being said, you're going to put who? Wait, what? Danny DeVito is Reagan, but I want to recast the mother because I'm only thinking about like this movie with Michael J. Fox called Life with Mikey, and I'm okay. thinking about Cindy Lauper as the mother. Cindy Lauper as the mo- oh Jesus. Okay, so you're you're keeping Danny DeVito as Reagan and putting Cindy Lauper in as the mother. Yes. Oh, that's. You, I don't know if I should be terrified or. You said weak ass recast, weak so ass. I did it. We're we're putting the worst possible actors into these roles. Okay, so if we're gonna do not work, the bad actors, I'm just saying in these roles they would be bad actors. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that these people are bad actors because Cindy Lauper had some good movies. I liked Vibes. Vibes was a great film. Her and uh, Jeff Goldblum. I love Life with Mikey. Right. Um, and, of course, I love the video for the Goonies. I mean, you can't... It's like... Cindy Lauper was made to sing that song for the Goonies. Yes, she was. And the Goonies... Goodness. We should discuss the, mas- the Goonies at some point, because I love that fucking movie. For me, it's good enough. Anyway. Yes, sing. Go for it. Oh, no, that's all the singing you're going to get out of me tonight. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> So that's that, that. That's your mom and daughter. We have we have a uh, mom and I, I, Danny DeVito, the very weird son. Okay, so <laughs> you got my, here's here's my replacements well, for those two. A, I want to put him as the daughter. So we I'm gonna go with somebody that kind of had red hair. Uh, oh God, what is her name? Now I'm gonna forget her name and it's gonna piss me off. I always forget things. Huh? What is he from? What is she from? Uh, yes. Peggy Bundy. Oh, you're talking about... Oh, fuck. Katie Seagal. There she goes. Katie Seagal to play the mom. Same. Oh, God. And the sit- same situation. I want I want the whole little man thing going on, but Joe Pesci as Reagan. Oh, my God. Joe See, Pesci. now I'm just thinking about Reagan speaking like she's from um, that lawyer movie he did. I'm... I'm inebriated. My brain's yeah, gone. He, my cousin, uh, my Vinny. cousin Vinny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Fuck me. What if, Fuck uh, me in the youth. Fuck Mar- me. <laughs> <laughs> what if Marissa Tomei was one of the priests? <laughs> Who? Marissa Tomei. Marissa Marissa Tomei is one of the priests, and Ralph Macchio is the young priest. Yes. <laughs> I want a young priest and whoever this is. I'm Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Are you a priest? No, I'm a stripper. Oh. Uh, yeah, you can do it too. Go ahead. <laughs> the devil asked her a question. That's a bullshit question. That doesn't go along with with Christ. I like, and see, when you compel somebody with Christ, you have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Christ compels me every day. You don't get interaction when you do this. You have to do this because it doesn't come without this. Jesus compels me to do things that we know. Hold on, it's Jesus. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm dead over here. I've drank way too much, but this is still funny. She can't remember the name of the guy that sent her. You know, this is 40 (laughs) bucks an hour. What are we doing? (laughs) 
Oh my god. That's cheap. If we had that, then the guy who played the judge, who was also Herman Monster, would have to be the other priest. Yeah, oh, okay. Wait. The guy that played the judge? Was he Herman Monster? He was. I forgot his name, but he was he was also Herman Munster. Does he still fun exist? Is he alive anymore? He's not alive anymore. But fun fact about that film real quick, my cousin okay. Vinny, um, it was filmed not too far away from where my boyfriend lives. He lives in Shadydale, and uh, I'm sorry, my fiance. He lives in Shadydale, and it was filmed, and a lot of it was filmed in Eatonton, Georgia. So you're looking for Fred Gwynn. Well, why don't we go with somebody that's living that could do a good Fred Gwynn impression. Uh, well, the older I brother. Anybody, I don't. I don't know anybody who could do a good Fred. Oh no no! Gwynn there is somebody. You're forgetting. Have you ever seen Everybody Loves Raymond? Yes. The Are older brother. About, oh my God! What is his name? Because he was also entangled. He voiced somebody entangled. What was his name? The older Brad brother. something. Brad. Uh, oh yeah, it's Brad something or other. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> We're forgetting like, names. You're drunk, I'm sober, and I still can't remember names. But I'm I'm remembering first names of some people. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not remember even, well, remembering even first names. Brad Garrett. Oh my God. Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett. Yes. But I think Brad Garrett would be perfect. If you want somebody to do the Herman Munster thing, I think he could do it. He is you know what? Now that you say it, that is the only person I can imagine if they did a um remake of the monsters they oh i know they that's have. why i was so pissed off i was so pissed off when they did the remake of the it. monsters didn't and they rob did not zombie do that huh didn't rob zombie do that remake rob zombie did the remake yes i have not seen it only because like the monsters the monsters i love lucy i dream of genie bewitch all of that holds a special place in my heart and seeing it redone is just no. So this guy, uh, Jeff F Daniel Phillips, did the Herman Munster role. In all honesty, he did not do a bad job. And I think that this move, that movie got a lot of hate, but for the wrong reason. Because people were expecting... It's Rob Zombie handling the well, monsters. So you When I think about Rob Zombie, I think about things like, you know, a thousand, House of a Thousand Corpses or, you know, right. Hall the Halloween remakes where there more, there's a... Mo fuck my language right now <laughs> it's okay there's a lot more gore right i i think people were he, that's what his brand is i think people were expecting something more on the level of the updated uh adams family movie the one that had like Ange uh, angelica houston and and uh and uh, raul julia and stuff in it you know i think they were expecting something a little bit more like that and what he did was he played complete homage to the TV show. It had the it was color, but it had the exact same sensibilities as the original TV show. If you watched the then I might have TV to watch show, the remake because then if it has the same atmosphere as a TV show, then I might need to watch it because I did love the TV show. It felt like a pilot episode of what could have been a TV show for Netflix and they handled it like a movie, which is I think why a lot of people didn't really like it. I mean, even Cassandra Peterson was in that fucking movie. You know who that is, Elvira. right? Elvira was in, was in that fucking movie. Sylvester McCoy, one of the fucking doctors from Doctor Who, was in the movie. You know, it was a great film. But like I, I said, it. it's a film that plays like the pilot to a TV show. But, you know, it's like, you know, you do have some movies that are pilots to a TV show. Right. I'm going to draw that reference again Go in ahead. the same damn episode. The very first, I mean, Buffy as a film was basically a pilot to the pilot of Buffy the TV show. Right. 
I mean, it wasn't but originally intended to be that way. As much as you like for everything he's done, but his creative mind, I can still appreciate for the things he's put out. I mean, hell, Firefly, you know, it didn't get the good run. I think it was on the wrong, it was shown out of order and it was put on the wrong damn station. I think it should have been on sci-fi rather than Fox. But then with the movie, you know, was able to conclude it. It's like, you can you can hate what he's done, but he did have a brilliant mind. I still think that Joss really dropped the ball and missed the opportunity to kill Christy Swanson in the, t- the TV show. Chris, why would you kill Christy Swanson in the TV show? The original she Buffy. No, yeah, but she was no longer Buffy. Sarah Michelle Gellar was now Buffy. Right. But, bear with me here. I know that technically the movie Buffy doesn't mean you can't have two people named Buffy. You know, I know the original movie and the TV show are technically the same. Well, you're not wrong because even in Buffy, the TV show, there has been quote unquote multiverses with wish or different realities. Right. I just think he missed the opportunity to try to do a crossover of sorts and just bring her back to kill her off. You know what I mean? Or at least use her as a side character in the TV show. I did, like, I like Christy Swanson as an actress, but when I, Buffy as a standalone movie was good, because I did, I mean, let's not forget, you know, Rutger Hauer and, oh God, I forget, Paul Rubin. That scene will always live in my fucking mind, the whole his death scene. Ugh, ah, oh. Right. Like, that will live forever in my mind. Like, that was just amazing. Paul Rubin but, was a great actor, honestly. He was amazing. May you rest in peace. Also, Rucker Howard, may you rest in peace. You were amazing. The split. And Luke Perry. May he rest in peace. Right. Because he was amazing. Uh, there's not a lot of actors from that team movie that are, that are still going. Uh, wonder what happened. Donald Sutherland's Donald Sutherland's still alive, right? I don't know so. if he died in the movie. <laughs> I think I think Donald Sutherland's still alive. Now I'm googling Donald. Are you still alive, sir? Donald. I was like I know he was Donald. in. I was like I know he was in the Hunger Games movie, but after that, Donald is 88 years old and still living. Okay. Long. He's amazing. Donald Sutherland. He's amazing. He's a. Is he the father of Keeper? The what? Is he the yeah. father of Keeper? Yeah, that's Keeper's I father. So. You can't see the resemblance. Well, almost everything except for Buffy. I've seen Donald in. He was old, so it was hard to see the resemblance for me. I mean, I've seen some, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He was in that, and that he was, uh... There's this famous scene with his mouth, he's pointing at his mouth, just wide open. Oh, you know, just <laughs> silent scream. Oh, you have, have okay, you seen Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers with him? I have not, you but I was going to bring up something else, like, speaking of Kiefer. Speaking at, of Kiefer. And my love for... Like, speaking of Kiefer and my love for Julia Roberts, at some point, maybe we should do Flatliners. Isn't the uh, powder in the bottom of your grinder when you're grinding weed called Keef? I don't know. I don't smoke weed. It is called Keef. And I'm thinking Kiefer. I think it is. If people, like, when I went to the vape shop and I had to sell grinders, I think that's what people called it. Keef. Although they could not call that that in a vape shop. I'm I'm just wondering if it's possible that it might have been a pot-induced naming session. Let's not even get into some of the names these actors have named their children. <laughs> Apple, Blue. Pilot Inspector Lee. Wait, what? Is that really some, Jason, somebody named a pilot? Jason Lee's kid. That's his name. Pilot Inspector. Oh, what in gay hell? 
Really? That's a fun one. It's like, uh, how do you how do you go into the next phase of your life as a child? Even you're writing that down. People have to call you in class, Pilot Inspector Lee. It sounds very official. First of all, it sounds like you're being called by your job title, not your actual name. Well, in fairness, back in the day, your last name was pretty much your job profession. I feel that that name is inadvertently going to get him into some weird trouble later on in life when he's announcing himself and they're like, that's great. We need a pilot inspector. Come over here for a minute. You know, (laughs) see, that brings me into some things like because, you know, it's like as a trans woman, I've named myself, but my original name was kind of weird in itself anyway. So it's like, yeah, I watched Charmed. I chose Piper, but it was just as original and weird as my original name was. Right. Which was. For y'all who are wondering, it was Talon, T-A-L-O-N, like an eagle's claw. So it's like, I also picked something I couldn't find on a Coke bottle or a keychain. Well, at least when I chose it, it wasn't. Nowadays, Piper's has become a very popular name. I think all of Donald Sutherland's children got into... Everybody but Roeg Sutherland got into acting in some way or another. That guy, I mean, you look up his 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 last son, Roy Sutherland, and it just says eh, Donald Sutherland's son. You are the son of Donald Sutherland. Have you done anything? No, just son. I am the son. Just <laughs> nah, there. I'm just, my only achievement in life is I was his son. That's my that's he my just, achievement. You know, we just birded into my mother, and she gave birth to me. And here I come. Hey. I was that. Uh, I was that one drunken cum shot too many, and he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm done now." Damn it. I'm that one, like I'm that one mistaken drunk night, and it just happened. So they just gave me a regular name, and I didn't go into anything except, you know, my personal life. Hey, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Do you remember that one drunken night where we finally decided to stop having children, and then the, they just slowly look over? Rug. <laughs> <laughs> what? Were you listening? <laughs> no, I wasn't listening. Good, good, good. Well, go back to your thing. Whatever you're doing there. <laughs> I didn't hear a damn thing. I'm just coloring my pictures with my crayons. No, he looks. He's the rough looking one. He's like he's the the Don wow. the Sutherland brother that looks like he looks tough. Like he could do an action film or two. That Which being is so said, weird well, because most of the people they put in action movies, unless your name is Steven Seagal, don't look like they've been through the ringer oh or God. three. Even if your name is Steven Seagal, don't be in an action movie. Fuck. I won't lie. I went to I went to Florida once with my stepmom and one of her relatives or somebody one of her relatives with housing had a Steven Seagal a fashion a fascination and like was playing some of his movies and I was just I'm not saying Steven Seagal is a bad actor okay. I'm just saying that most of his roles are the same and I got bored. You know that deadpan delivery that Keanu Reeves has taken to like the next level and made this massive career out of. Yes. He has that deadpan delivery. Steven Seagal has that deadpan delivery, but with no charisma whatsoever. Well, None. his name is not Charisma Carpenter. <laughs> no, it's... it's. Fuck, why did I even <laughs> bother picking up this movie? Uh, and then I bring her okay. up, and it was like, almost like you got tongue-tied. I will admit I got tongue-tied because I don't like talking about Steven Seagal. Like, I'm trying to say something not rough but i don't give a fuck I, I actually watched a couple of steven seagal movies i like a handful of them you know marked for death was not a bad movie per se 
Uh, Under Siege You are allowed to have your own opinion. Under Siege was not a bad film, but it's like a... Agreed. It's a a guy's guy's kind of action film. The guy doesn't need to be charismatic. He knows how to kick and do a bit of action. That was back when Steven Seagal looked like he was still thin. He was still fit. Not like the current Steven Seagal that looked like something ate Steven Seagal and wore the rest of him as a skin suit. Okay, in fairness, how old is Steven Seagal? Because, like, no offense to you or when, like, when you brought that up, it's like, I, when people bring up, like, the weight or anything else, I, like, they don't look like they used to. It's like, well, fuck no. They're, like, in their 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's like, Well, I Steven mean, Seagal is 70 years old, but he's been looking... He's been looking like Sumo Fu Manchu for at least 20 to 30 years now. (laughs) What? (laughs) He has. He's been a big boy. And he still thinks he can fight the funniest fucking thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. And I will find the film and I will send it to you because I think it's still on Netflix. But there is some fucking film that finally decided, hey, what would happen... If we took Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson and put them against each other in a movie, in an action film. So you got Fu Manchu against Lispy Lisp? Okay. Not just not just Sumo Fu Manchu versus Mr. Lisp, but <laughs> I swear to God, if you hit me again, I'm going to come over there and just bite your ear. Uh, <laughs> uh it's not just that, but like I could, I would have loved to have seen this as like a teenager watching Steven Seagal movies. Okay, back when Steven Seagal was fit and Mike Tyson was the baddest man on the planet. Okay, that would have been fun. You know, like when they did um, Dolph Lundgren and uh, John Claude Van Damme and Universal Soldier. That was a fucking fun fight to watch. Because you have um, the guy that again, killed, killed Rocky's again. best friend. Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, the guy that killed Rocky's best friend and Jean-Claude Van Damme, who was coming into his own as an action star. You took two um, guys in their prime. Like, I know who Dolph Lundgren is. I did watch Masters of the Universe. You know, at this point, at their age, Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal fighting, you're waiting for somebody to go, stop, hold on a minute. Steven, you hit me. I pooped a little. I gotta go over here. You know, I... <laughs> <sighs> They're they're a little over the hill at this point. Yeah, I love some of the like the comedic things that Mike Tyson has done, but no, do not get into a fight at seventy years old with Steven Seagal. No, bad Mikey, bad Mikey. <laughs> so, oh god. That being oh. said, ooh, now I'm just, now I'm thinking of Mike Tyson as one of the priests in The Exorcist. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. It compels um, you. I am compelling you. I'm a little more th in that s there. If you spit up on me one more time, I'm gonna knock you the fuck out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you got that over my new outfit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can 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 you hold that in, please? The, 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 hold it in. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, is that pea soup? Are you spitting pea soup at me? Uh, okay. uh, that's, that's nasty as shit ever. That's nasty. That's just nasty. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Bring in the, bring in the short priest. I'm done this. I'm di- with Danny. Danny, come here. Bring the stunt priest in. Oh, God. I cannot do a Mike Tyson impression either. I'm not good at it. 
Me neither. No. But I can't. If I had to, I could speak with a lisp in a, in a film. I know it's high pitched squeaky and with a lisp. I know that every man on the face of the planet that absolutely loved boxing saw Mike Tyson step up to the microphone and was excited. And the second he started talking and they were talking about, he was talking, I'm going to eat this man's children. And everybody's just going, (laughs) man, this guy can punch like he is trying to burrow through concrete. However, when he talks, just keep him away from my, let Don King talk for him. Keep him away from a microphone. <laughs> like he could punch through this, but when he raises his hand, it's like a uh, it's like a preschooler raising their hand to ask an, answer a question a teacher just asked. I am firmly convinced, because of his speech impediment, that that's how he won a lot of his fights. Because he he talked tough, man. But I think some people just didn't take him seriously, like they should have. Now I'm going to kick this man's ass because you, you you got Evander Holyfield, you got other people stepping up to him like I'm going to knock this man down, right? You know, uh, it's uh. No, you got to take Mike Tyson seriously. Don't get into the ring with him. He's going to bite that ear. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was a whole commercial. I got to find that commercial, too. There's a whole commercial where it's talking about making up with people, and he, like, walks up to Evander Holyfield at his home and gives him back the piece of his ear he bit off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like... I think with Robin Givens at that time. Back when he was, was uh, biting ears? Robin Givens? Mm-hmm. I, I think, think he had broken so. up. I think he was in the middle of uh, that scandal where he he had been accused of beating the living shit out of her, throwing her downstairs, all sorts of stuff. I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't even know if you knew who Robin Givens was. Of course I know who Robin Givens is. It's like, I've seen her in literally maybe two things. And one was Drop Dead Diva, and the other one was in a music video by Pony Braxton called He Wasn't Man Enough For Me. I believe she's been in a couple of TV shows, including, if I'm not mistaken, uh, A Different World, which is a spinoff of The Cosby Show. We won't get into Cosby here. She was also a talk show host for a while. Yeah, Robin Givens has been around. I mean, I've seen her in a lot of different stuff. She does a lot of bit roles, but she's not like she's not a household name. Hmm? To my knowledge, it's like the stuff I've seen her in, it's like I paid it. She was captivating. Captivating. So I wanted. Throw out one of those SAT words in my drunken stupor. She was captivating. I like her. I think that uh, for the for the eighty for the nineties, she she had mastered rest resting bitch face. Like she had that. <laughs> she did. She had the rest. She had the, the 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 ultimate resting bitch face. Like she was like she looked like she was gonna smack you sometimes. Like you know how Jada Pinkett can do that right now a little bit. Oh, Robin Jesus, Gibbons Jesus, mastered Jesus. that long before Jada had it. <laughs> Well, it's like in fairness, Jada Pinkett always wanted to play. It's like she always got like I guess typecast in that tough girl role. Right. It's like she had to have the face, but Robin Givens just naturally had the face. Right. 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 All right. So that being said, we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up here today. Thank you for joining me and kind of minimally talking about The Exorcist with me. I love the film. No, but... It has to be on point, but uh, you know, chaotic stuff. I got to get back into a better sleeping pattern. Once I'm a little bit more used to the job, I have a better sleeping pattern. I'm thinking the winter months are going to be a little easier just to find time during the weekend and get some stuff done, you know, but uh, I've been exhausted. Otherwise, we would have been going through this point by point, and this would be a much longer episode, but we're hitting about an hour right now, which is not bad. Oh, is that all? Yeah, we're hitting about an hour. You thought this was longer? Well, I'm looking at the time we've talked, not the time you've been recording. That's true, but I mean, 
given we were also waiting for like some noise to die down over here i was trying to get things set up there was updates on the computer so if we had had that full time we probably would have been doing almost two hours worth but we're only got about an hour worth of recording which is still not bad don't worry i'm just happy i got to pee i'm just why are we even why are we talking about how much we could do this after this is boring to you isn't it i'm talking to the person on the other end the one that has the earbuds in their ear or is listening to this out loud and people are just confused about why I'm rambling about time frames. Don't worry, we love you all. We all, we, we love you all. And as Miss B, our currently on hiatus uh, co-host, loves to say, drink some water, you thirsty bitches. I was going to say that for you. You were going to say <laughs> it? Go ahead, say it. Drink some water, you thirsty bitches. And now I will. <laughs>